Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Okay, so one thing I love doing is giving you a line or a sentence or short concept that can change everything. And one of my most downloaded episodes last year was called Eight Magic Words to Help You Optimize Your Energy. So it was one sentence that benefited me. I imagine if you listened, it benefited you. If you haven't listened to that one, I will link it in the episode description. And today I wanted to talk about a sentence I heard years ago. I don't know exactly how long ago I heard this, but it was still when I worked full-time as a personal trainer. And I left that job in August of 2021. But this sentence has stuck with me, and it's a line I come back to when things feel challenging, and I need that push to keep going. And it's helped me so much that I wanted to share it with you because I have a feeling there is going to be someone here who's also going to benefit from hearing this. So what you're going to get in this week's episode is the one sentence that can amplify your capacity to finish strong. And I'm going to share how you can apply this sentence to every area of your life. And then I'm also going to talk about the masculine and feminine applications of this sentence. When you hear the sentence, it might first sound like a very masculine sentence and a very masculine idea when you hear it. And it does have a serious element of slay energy. And while that is amazing, I think you need that thrive energy to extract maximum value from this concept. Otherwise, you can set yourself up to burn out and lose your ability to finish altogether. Without further ado, let's dive into what this sentence is. And it's this, if you quit when you're tired, then you'll always quit when you're tired. I want you to think about this for the rest of the week, maybe even the rest of the month. And I haven't thought about this sentence for a while, but it came up for me again while I was training for my upcoming half marathon. So obviously it's winter right now and it's pretty cold in the mornings. And if I wanted to run outside on my work days, I'd be getting outside at 3 or 4 a.m. to do so. And I'm pretty sure that's not the safest option because um, I think there's potential coyotes and bears and people out there at that hour. 
So I'm doing 90% of my runs on treadmill. And honestly, I'm super grateful to have this treadmill. I kind of manifested it pretty magically. I thought I was going to have to get a three-month gym membership and go there in the morning and use a treadmill there. But before I had a chance to do this, my next-door neighbors were having a garage sale. And I look, and they have this Nordic track treadmill out there. And I went up and asked them about it and asked them if I could try running on it to make sure it ran nicely, which it did. And I ended up manifesting a treadmill from my next door neighbor, a beautiful Nordic track treadmill for $150. And I have definitely already gotten my money's worth out of that uh, piece of equipment. So I'm super grateful for this treadmill and also doing runs that are seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 miles long. It is not the same as running outside. It's not the same by a long shot. And what I've learned from signing up for this race is that I'm probably never, ever going to train for a race that happens in February. Instead, I imagine I will plan for races that happen in late summer or fall so I can train through the late spring and summer and enjoy outdoor long runs. So that was a lesson I've learned. And I've committed to this, so I'm making do. And while I'm making do, there are times during these longer runs where it can feel monotonous. And my brain will start chattering to me about how sore my legs are, how tired my body feels, and how I don't want to run any longer. And this can happen on my outdoor runs a little bit, but nowhere near the degree that it happens when I'm on a treadmill. And I imagine that's just when you're outside, you've got the fresh air, you've got the change in scenery, just a very different experience. So when my brain starts to do this chattering on one of my longer runs on the treadmill, I remember the sentence, if you quit when you're tired, then you'll always quit when you're tired. And this is what gives me the ability to push through and finish the runs, even when my legs are tired, even when I'm hurting a little bit and so bored of staring at the same wall as I'm just like covered in all the sweat and gasping for air. This sentence has been incredibly powerful for helping me finish workouts, and it's a great place to use it. This is where I first heard it from a client at the studio I used to work at who always gave 100% on his workouts. I don't think I've ever seen anyone push themselves the way this guy does when he works out. So I had to use this sentence and dig deep on a recent run I had a couple weeks back now. So I've been using this treadmill, and according to this treadmill, I'm running faster than I ever have, significantly faster. And if the treadmill is correct, which I had some doubts, still have some doubts, I'm kind of easily on track to run a sub-two-hour half marathon in February, which has always been a dream of mine. And I've also had this sinking feeling that this treadmill is not the most accurate, because 
the pace I was running at felt like such a jump from my usual running pace, which is usually around six miles per hour. And this treadmill is telling me that I'm able to run my longer runs around 6.6 or 6.7 miles per hour. So then I had this rare opportunity to do one of my runs outside over the Christmas break. Granted, it was cold and rainy, and I did my route that has quite a big hill on it. So the conditions were not optimal for a super fast run. And when I got home, I was super disappointed because my average pace worked out to being 6.17 miles per hour. And again, it was a cold, there was a hill, whatever. But that experience was incredibly deflating. And I think I'd already been having a rough day. And then when I realized how slow my pace was, I actually cried all the way home. It was one of those days with all the emotions. At the time, it felt incredibly frustrating. It also made me less motivated to do any training runs because I still usually have to use a treadmill. And now it felt like confirmation that the treadmill probably isn't accurate. And then about two days later, I got sick as well. And I'm basically better now, which is awesome. But I had to take an entire week of running off and then jump back into my long run again. And the long run I had to do a couple weeks back was nine miles. And on this run, I was slower than usual. I was struggling more than usual. And I think the worst part was not being able to breathe properly because my nose kept getting stuffy as I was running. And I started to get super tired and kept not, kept wanting to stop and not finish the full nine miles. And then I reminded myself, if you quit when you're tired, then you'll always quit when you're tired. And there was some ego death here on this training run because I had to do some speed walking for parts of the nine miles. And normally I just hate that. And if I have to stop and speed walk, I'll just stop the run altogether because what's the point? I'm not going to have a good time. Not a great mindset to have and one that I'm working on. So I think that this ego death I had was very important. Because it is an unhelpful tendency when a running isn't going as I want it to go. I just want to throw in the towel and not do the run at all. And there were times when my brain just wanted to say, like, F it to this whole training process. And, you know, what if I just walk slash run the Disney race and not even finish the training program? Because it's starting to look like there's a chance I won't achieve the time goal I'd initially planned for. And this is where I had to coach myself through that desire to quit. And I had to remind myself that if I do that this time, I'm more likely to do that across the board with many other situations. So there was this part of me that was feeling tired, recovering from a cold, and There was a part of me that was really tired of spending well over an hour on Saturday mornings on a treadmill, feeling the monotony of running in place for miles at a time. And 
my energy and joy for the process also took a hit after discovering I probably wasn't running as fast as I thought I would, as as fast as I thought I was. So this is where I had to let go of those egoic thoughts that just want to win and kill it and remind myself that maybe this particular race, maybe it won't be about that particular personal best. It might be. Maybe there's another lesson here. Maybe this race is about becoming the person who sees a goal through, who continues the training program when it gets tough, when it feels like it's not working or not possible, and still holds the vision of having the best race possible anyways. This race and the training leading up to the race is about building the identity of a strong continuer and a strong finisher. So I'm going to continue on with my training schedule, celebrating my increased endurance and remembering everything I love about running. The endorphin rush, energy boost it gives me, the satisfaction that comes from those times when you do make a breakthrough with your running times. So I finished those nine miles, taking those speed walking breaks when I needed to, because I knew how important it was to finish, even if I had to speed walk. And it was important to finish both mentally and emotionally. Because the reality is I can't predict all the circumstances that will happen on race day. I could have a sore leg. I could be super tired from the time change. Like we're going to Florida, which is three hours ahead of us. And the race starts at 5 a.m. Eastern time, which is basically 2 a.m. my time. Good thing I already have a weird schedule where I'm often up at that hour anyways. Or maybe Hercules will be on the course and I'll have to stop in line and take pictures with him. Pretty okay not taking pictures with most of the characters on the course. I know they have a lot of characters you can take pictures with once you finish the race at the finish line. But since I'm dressing as Megara for the race, if Hercules is on the course somewhere, I'm going to want to take a picture with him. And what am I going to do if I fall below my ideal pace time on the race itself? Am I going to like throw up my hands and walk off the course and give up? No. I'm going to finish at whatever pace I finish with. And that's going to be the same case with these training runs. Because I know that if I quit when I'm tired, I'm always going to quit when I'm tired. And I want you to think about how you can use this to help yourself in these times when fatigue sets in. First of all, it can be so helpful for workouts that feel really long and draining. And I also think it's great to use when you're going through life and start to feel tired in multiple areas. Maybe you're someone who has a great morning routine and always gets off to a great start. Then you start to struggle later in the day. Maybe your evening routine is where you struggle the most because you're always so tired when the evening rolls around. This is definitely a concept I remind myself of during my own evenings. It's a reminder that how I do one thing is probably how I'm going to do all or most things. And if I quit when I'm tired on one night, I'll probably quit when I'm tired on most nights. You can use this with 
any goal or pursuit you have. There are going to be times when you feel tired and maybe some difficult emotions arise. There might be an impulse or a desire to quit when things feel challenging. It might be tempting to abandon the pursuit altogether because you're so tired. But what if you reminded yourself that if you quit now, when you're tired, you'll always quit when you're tired. If you quit this endeavor when you're tired, then you'll quit the next endeavor you start when you get tired and the next one you get after that. But if you choose to be the person who continues, even when they're tired, then you will always continue, even if you're tired. You'll be someone with staying power, someone who finishes what they start because it's simply part of their identity and they wouldn't dream of quitting, tired or not tired. Now, this all sounds super masculine. It sounds like maybe something you'd here in a motivational video where they're showing runners and basketball players while David Goggins is saying some empowering, motivational, hard-ass stuff. However, there are some feminine implications to this idea I want to bring in. So you're not only in the energy of slaying. Instead, you're also capitalizing on the immense power of the feminine. Here's one thing I want you to think about in relationship to this idea. What if you just became unavailable to let yourself get so tired that you wanted to quit? Because there is a difference between getting tired in a temporary way and letting yourself get so tired that you're burned out. What if you chose to actively rest and regroup on a consistent basis? And actively rest and regroup. That's almost a oxymoron. So maybe actively is not the right word. What if you consciously chose to rest and regroup on a consistent basis so that fatigue wasn't as much of a barrier? What if it wasn't something you had to fight against constantly? What if it wasn't this thing you had to worry about? These cycles of burnout, they weren't a problem because you are consciously choosing to rest on a regular basis. This is the power of the feminine. The feminine knows how to rest. And she does it from a place of knowing she is worthy of rest. And that rest is what gives us the capacity to go further and make more progress in the long run. I've just finished reading a great book called The Power of the Downstate by Sarah Mednick. He talks about the ocean and gives this analogy about ocean waves. Ocean waves are powerful as they crash onto the shore. They're only so powerful because the water recedes and gets pulled back into its depths so it can regain power. When you take the time to consciously intentionally and lovingly make time to rest from your workouts or the actions you're taking towards your goals, you're going to eliminate so much fatigue and tiredness. And then the tiredness you do feel will be more manageable. It'll be the good tired you feel when you complete an awesome, challenging workout that you went into feeling well-rested and well-nourished versus feeling depleted and burned out. 
Another thing I want to add here as we start to wind down the episode is paying close attention to how your thoughts are contributing to any tiredness you're feeling. Our thoughts are masculine. Our thinking mind is masculine. And sometimes that thinking mind can actually create, can create this additional layer of fatigue. Doesn't really need to be there. Maybe we start to feel some fatigue in our bodies. Or oftentimes if we're working on a project, it's not even fatigue in our bodies, but in our minds. And then we start to pay excess attention to that fatigue and we start to tell stories about it. We start to think thoughts about it, and then those thoughts create even more thoughts about how tired we are, and that's going to translate into our bodies, and it becomes this very tiring cycle in itself. Back in the day, I had this one client, and she was so lovely. And every day, without fail, when you asked them how they were doing that day, they would tell you they were so tired. I'm pretty sure it was every time. Maybe not every time, but nine times out of ten. And I'm not doubting that they were tired. And I also had to wonder how much of the daily story of being tired created additional fatigue for them. Because whatever we focus on expands. So what if we all just chose to become more conscious of the ways our own thoughts are draining our energy and contributing to our fatigue? Once we become aware, we can decide to either think new thoughts or even shift the focus to our bodies instead, checking in and seeing how tired we actually are. On my run, my brain was telling all kinds of stories that were making me more tired. I was telling stories about how annoying it was, that my nose was stuffy and that I couldn't breathe. I started telling stories about how this was going to be such a slow run And I was never going to reach my time goal on the race, so what was the point? And then I also had a few thoughts where I was getting mad at myself for signing up for a race that took place in February, which meant having to do so many indoor runs. And then I realized those stories were making me more tired than I needed to be. And I did a few things. The first was that I spent some time ignoring my thoughts and tuning into how my body felt. I started focusing on my breath, my running form, all the things that connected me to the experience my body was having. Often, this can be a powerful tool. You can spend some time getting into your body and shutting off the noise in your head. You might not be able to do it for long, and that's okay. Even if you just do it for 30 or 60 seconds, turn your brain off, focus on your body, Sometimes that can give you enough time to almost reset your thought patterns. And this can be easier than trying to do a hard right turn and stop your train of thought in the middle of it, especially if you're in the middle of an already established thought rampage. And then after I reconnected to my body and gave my brain this break, I told new stories and activated new thoughts in an intentional way. I reminded myself that I was training endurance during that run and that not every run needs to be my fastest run. I also reminded myself that anyone can finish a run when they're feeling good and on track to hit a personal record. 
Not everyone is going to finish those runs that are slow and tedious and don't feel good, where they have to speed walk a couple times. But the people that choose to finish those runs that feel the worst, those are the runs to celebrate the most. Those are the runs that are going to create another level of resilience and follow through. And when that's your goal, fatigue stops being such an issue. This week's challenge is going to be a combination of slay and thrive. Your challenge is to use some of these tools when you're feeling burned out. Remind yourself that if you quit when you're tired, you'll always quit when you're tired. And that isn't you. You are not that person. You are a strong continuer and you have so much follow through in you. And this is your time to tap into it. You can also get more strategic and intentional about scheduling rest into your life. Maybe that's yoga a few times a week or a lunchtime walk to get you away from your computer or a weekly play date where you dance or do art or something you just love for its own sake. And maybe you also start to notice your thoughts and notice how they might be in some way contributing to fatigue. And then you choose to change those thoughts so that they're not adding that additional and unnecessary tiredness for you on your journey. As always, so happy you've been here hanging out with me. Until next time, keep slaying and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.